0: Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast.
1: It is, in fact, a beautiful day. Happy New Year and happy college football playoff semi-final game day. That's a mouthful. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. And you can just ask your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio But it's not Keyshawn, J. Will, or Zubin, in fact, obviously. I'm Jason Fitz, Mark Herzlick. We are going to be with you for the next four hours, and uh, we're going to get this new year kicked off right. We're going to get some positive energy going. We're going to have some good juju, and Mark, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the NFL and college football playoff, but first and foremost, my friend, Happy New Year. Did you do, like, when you're getting up crazy early, like, when did you do your New Year's celebration?
2: about nine o'clock last night it was, uh, I mean it was over a glass of wine of dinner uh, my wife cooked warmed up some leftovers and we called it a night very early I also have a two month old and so my nights are uh they are up and down. So I'm used to being up at 4 a.m. It's not a big deal for me.
1: So, uh, Which is amazing. And obviously, <laughs> I've, I've done this a lot in the mornings. But I'll, it's been a while since I got up this early. I will tell you, I've gone into full old man mode as last night I went to bed early enough. And then at midnight, the fireworks were going off, which I understand. It's New Year's. But we hit like minute 11 on the fireworks. And I'm like, we're in a pandemic, people. Like, keep the money. Don't run the fireworks. for. I was, I was a grumpy old man because the fireworks were keeping me up too late. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not proud of that. Uh, There's going to be a lot of fireworks today, obviously, coming in the form of the college football playoffs, and uh, especially, I think, from Alabama. Alabama's offense going to be in the zone today against Notre Dame. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Mark, we got two big games today as Alabama's going to take on Notre Dame. Clemson's going to take on Ohio State. Now, you work a lot with the ACC network. You have ACC experience from playing at Boston College. Like We can go up and down the resume. So let's start, uh, because both of these games involve so much ACC love, let's start with Notre Dame because the last time we saw Notre Dame, it did not look pretty. So what do you expect today? I mean, I'm looking at it, trying to figure out a way that it can be competitive. I don't see it. I think Alabama is going to roll them. I think Alabama is going to make it embarrassing, and I think by halftime, we're all sitting back saying, God, nobody can beat this Tide team.
2: I, I don't disagree with you, quite quite honestly. I mean, I think that there is a chance, right? But And we saw Notre Dame probably play their best football uh, of the entire year against Clemson that first time out. You know, we know Trevor Lawrence wasn't in the game. DJ Uyunglele was in the game, but Notre Dame played an absolutely perfect game defensively. I mean, you know, that Jeremiah Uso-Koromoa, he's won the Buckus Award. He's the top linebacker uh, in college football. And, he, I mean, he was lights out. Uh, Drew White was lights out in the middle linebacker spot. And I just think that in order to just make it competitive versus Alabama, they need to have a perfect game, not miss any tackles. And they need to complete pretty much every pass downfield because they, they don't really have – a vertical passing game, per se, with Ian Booker, quarterback. and uh, So it's going to be a difficult one, and I do think Alabama is going to storm out the lead first, and I don't think they're ever going to give it up.
1: Look, And and part of that has to do, by the way, speaking of coming out of the gates hot, your pronunciation's out of the gate at 6 a.m. I mean, <laughs> whoo! You are just on, on it. Uh, now, I think part of this also comes back to how good uh, Alabama is to me. And, and yeah. look, w- we can have... Uh, all day long an argument, and we will over the course of the next four hours, I'm sure, about you know expansion and other teams and, and who is the most deserving and all of these things that are constantly discussed with the college football playoff. But it doesn't change the fact that there was clearly one team that was better than everybody else and that's Alabama. And, and I'm not sure how you really stop this tied team. I mean, that's what it comes down to me. At some point, you got to look at it and say how are you going to hold them to a low? Because the defense has had a couple of susceptible moments. Mm-hmm. They were early right. in the season. They're playing better now but the defense has had its moments I do believe that a team that's on fire can put some points up on Alabama the question is how do you hold that team to less than 30 points and the answer is you don't. By you the don't. way, yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> <You> definitely
2: don't. <laughs> and that's
1: the that's the scary part of it because this Alabama team can score from anywhere at any time in any way. And you know, uh, I I don't have a Heisman vote. I'm glad I don't have a Heisman vote because I wouldn't know which of the three Alabama guys are deserving that should get the most credit for it.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you talk about those three. I mean, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Mac. I mean, Mac Jones. I mean, these guys not only are playing elite this year. I mean. The three of them have like elite numbers for all time. I mean, you look at Mac Jones, I mean, his completion percentage is out of control. I mean, I went back and looked at the stats and tried to find another person who compared to this, and it was Joe Burrow last year, but it wasn't even as good. So, I mean, they are dynamic offensively. I think the only shot a team has of beating them is just to have more possessions, create a turnover. Have another offensive possession because you're right. You're not going to stop them, but you got to put numbers on the board. And I don't think Notre Dame's built for that. They're not built for a quick strike, score every single possession type offense. You know, they need to have their defense step up and create turnovers to really have uh, a chance in that one at all.
1: The college football playoffs on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Coverage begins at ESPN Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, obviously, the Rose Bowl presented by Capital One. That's Notre Dame, Alabama, and then the All-State Sugar Bowl. Uh, that's number 2 Clemson uh, versus number 3 Ohio State. I'm Jason Fitz. He's Mark Hertzlick. We're in for the guys this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. There's another big game coming up, obviously. Uh, that's the other one, Clemson versus uh, Ohio State. Now, I'm uh, it it's fine. I get it. Maybe I shouldn't get worked up about these things. But sometimes coaches just they make me mad, Mark. I'm going to be honest. Like and and I don't know that anybody Ooh. right now is under my skin more. I'm going to just just get out of my mensies for today. But Ryan Day at Ohio Ooh. State <laughs> <laughs> is finding all sorts of reasons to essentially apologize for how difficult this is for them and is saying things like, you know, you can't, you can't just play football when you've had days off. This is what Ryan Day said to Maria Taylor about how prepared they are to go against Clemson.
3: You know, they're going to work really hard tonight, You know, have great preparation, and then wake up tomorrow. It's a ramp-up to game time. We're not playing at noon. It's a long ramp-up. Uh, there's going to be a lot of emotion. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who executes better, and that's what we've got to spend time you know, really focusing on over the next 24 hours.
1: And, and that's great, but he has also, over the last 24 hours, talked about how the large gaps in time have been difficult and they haven't played as many games. Like, And he's talking about how difficult that is on your body and your mind to prepare. Well, I, I don't know, Mark, you played the game. It seems like playing a bunch of games is also pretty difficult on your body and mind. Like, we're under underselling what it means to actually have been out there and played all of these games this year.
2: Yeah, well, you know, we talk about injury rate in football, right? It's always 100%. Pretty much, if you're going to play the sport of football – uh, at most positions on the field, you're going to get hurt at some point in the season. It's just like when do you get hurt? How bad is it? And so, the more times you go out there and have to play, and the more times you have to go out there and hit, uh, the more susceptible you are to you know the injury. So you're you're right. You know these other teams have played more games. Uh, you know I think that the biggest part, and it wasn't in that sound clip, but Ryan Day was asked, "Hey, are you guys 100%?" And he was like, "Oh, we're you know we're getting a lot of guys back, but we're not 100%." And while no team is ever 100% at this point in the season or any point in the season, it's just like, dad, just don't say that. Just You don't want to have something out there before the game as a possible reason why you're going to lose. You just don't want to put that out there.
1: I mean, there can't be anything that's more difficult when it comes to playing games than actually playing games and that's what Clemson has done right like Clemson has gone out there and they've played and, and you mentioned earlier with the Notre Dame matchup before I mean they've played without some of their key components and yes it cost them one game in the process but Clemson's put themselves out there repeatedly and by the way they looked the way against Notre Dame so many of us thought they would look throughout the course of the year anyway so now I think that there's just sort of this mindset and, and we're trying to apologize and not just us but I think a lot of people are trying to apologize for this matchup in advance. Ohio State was given. The opportunity to be in this playoff because frankly they're a great team, but they didn't play as many games. It's been controversial. They gotta come out and show out if they if they want to demand any respect. I'm just not gonna buy any excuses from a team that was given a playoff spot that played less games than everybody else, and that some would say hasn't been deserving.
2: Right. And I think the thing is too, remember the year, right? There's a reason why they didn't play as many games, and it's a reason that's completely acceptable. I don't think I don't think that's the issue that anyone has with it. It's just the fact that you didn't have as many chances to lose. I mean, you just didn't have as many chances to lose. And a lot of times, it's those stumbling blocks that you know you lose a game you shouldn't. You, you get a you know a field goal blocked by Appalachian State, return for a touchdown type thing. Like those types of things happen in college football, and I think that's that's the concern, right? And and as far as respect goes. It, I think Ohio State has respect. I think Ryan Day has respect. I think Justin Fields has respect. I think this entire football or team and organization has the respect. I don't think they're going to lose that if they don't perform well. But you're right. In order to say we deserve to be in this playoff, they need to make it a, a competitive and good game first Clemson, just period.
1: Yeah, and you're right. Long-term, what Ohio State's doing is is spectacular. But this year, it's just a little bit different. All right. And nice of you, by the way, to mention a field goal block and not a, a shoe toss going around the world. All right. <laughs> Last night, we got a lot of NFL we're going to get into over the course of the next uh, few hours. But Mark was at a game yesterday where maybe something happened that if you haven't seen it, it'll shake you it to your core. It will change college football. And it was epic. We'll tell you about it next. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, Mark Hertzley, Jason Fitz, filling in for the guys.
4: Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. I'm Jason Fitz, Mark Herzlick. We're in for the guys this morning. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope everybody had a safe and uh, amazing night last night and uh, hope everybody gets the year kicked off with the right energy and the right mindset today. Mark, you were on a call yesterday that was uh, maybe one of the more 2020 bowl game incidents we'll ever see. It's easy to joke about, but also very serious. You, uh, you were obviously a uh, part of it and you saw it go down with the armed forces bowl and it was Tulsa, Mississippi state after the game, it got heated. And when I say heated, we're used to a certain level of okay, guys got fired up, whatever. No. This turned into a full-on brawl. And I mean, when, when I say brawl, I mean not just shoving. We're talking punches. We're talking kicks. We're talking people knocked on the ground and just being attacked. I mean, there's no way to put this that wasn't what it is. I mean, any other place that this happens, it would have been a criminal offense. It was an absolute brawl. So so walk me through, because I saw, it, but I mean, walk me through what you were thinking when you're watching this go down on a game that you're calling.
2: Yeah, so, so we're starting to go 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 off air, and the teams are coming together in the middle of the field, handshaking, and the thing it just exploded. And you, you kind of saw the beginning of that with the coaches in between, uh, and then it, it just progressively got worse and worse, and it was you know it was scary because there were single players like that were kind of circled around by the opposing team that were you know, being pinned down, being kicked, you know, multiple players kicking them in, in the ribs and the head. Um and guys, you know, running and just it, it, it kind of got the feel of like you don't—you don't realize. I mean, these are three hundred pound men. I mean, these are the biggest people you've ever met throwing punches at each other and landing them. And you look at there. I mean, that—that's the starting safety for Tulsa being helped off the field after he couldn't breathe, and, and th- those injuries. Like that's a real picture. Like that right there. I mean, it, it, if. That's like a criminal criminal offense to be to be out there. I mean, you're in public. It doesn't matter if it's football. And I thought the most disgusting thing of everything was Mike Leach after the game. When he was interviewed, he's like, ah, oh, well, you know, they're football players. They're going to get hit. Hits are going to happen. To me, you've got to take more leadership than that.
1: Well, let's get to some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. This is a little what Mike Leach said when he was with Ian Fitzsimmons after the game about the brawl.
3: This is a football game, so we're not going to be tearing cloth over this deal. I mean, you know, somebody went to a football game and somebody got hit. I mean, you know, there's a point where I'm not going to lose my mind over it. But I I, I just don't like that, you know, we're undisciplined at some situations where I thought we, if you uh, control yourself mentally and
1: emotionally, you put yourself in a better position. He went to the game with control yourself mentally and emotionally without even addressing the fact that they were so mentally and emotionally out of control afterwards that this brawl happened. Not just them, both sides of it. But let's be clear here. At some point, it is his job as a head coach to create a culture that doesn't allow that to happen, or when it does happen, to create some level of accountability. Mike Leach absolutely walked this entire thing back in some way that tried to make it not a big deal. It's disgusting for somebody that is paid as much as Mike Leach is to lead young men to then turn around as the leader of young men and not immediately say, hey, that's not what we're about. That's not what this program will be about. That's not how we will do this. I mean, for me, Mark, this was absolutely as gross as the fight was. It's equally as gross for somebody that is paid the way Mike Leach is, specifically to be an educator and a leader and a representative of Mississippi State, to represent the school that way, if a player handled that same situation that same way, we would be vilifying him. I will hold Mike Leach to a higher standard because that's what happens when you put the title coach in front of somebody. He had to be better in this moment. He wasn't. And it is absolutely a low point in the coaching career of Mike Leach.
2: Absolutely. And, and to Ian Fitzsimmons' credit, on the after the game, when he's asking a question, he gave he gave Mike Leach every opportunity to say this was wrong. I'm going to talk to my players about it. But that was just not the initial reaction. The initial reaction was, oh, we're out here on a football field between the white lines. Yeah, of course people are going to get hit. Not like that. Not, not illegally. Not in ways that you would actually get arrested on the street for. You don't get the opportunity to do that regardless of whether you're wearing a uniform or not. And to your point... You have even more responsibility because of that uniform that you are wearing, Uh, that Mississippi State logo on on your chest, that name on the back plate. I mean, think about the parents who are watching that and and watching their sons either get hit or hitting. And I mean, it's, it's a disappointing moment all around. But you're right. Mike Leach. When you are the leader of young men, you create a society, you create a culture amongst your team that either allows this to happen or doesn't. And that does not mean that Philip Montgomery and Tulsa team, they're off the hook either. I mean, that Philip Montgomery didn't really condemn it as, as much as I wanted him to in this press conference after either. But, I mean, this was disgusting, it, so sad. I mean, these are young men, and honestly, I think that – look at that. I mean, you're kicking guys in the face.
1: And that, that's, that's what just blows my mind. And you're right. Philip Montgomery is the Tulsa coach. And the quote that we have on ESPN.com is, the one thing I'll say is our program, our guys, we're a team that's going to stand up for each other, and we're going to battle that entire statement just says no we're good with it like when you get pushed far enough you're allowed to push back these are not children these are these are adults these are men at this point they are of an age where if they did that on the street they could be criminally prosecuted as adults we have to understand that they are adults and the ultimate adult in the room is again the coach that's leading them so I I understand that a coach can't get in the middle of a brawl between all of these kids and successfully break it up that's not likely to happen when emotion has gotten to that point what I'm asking for or is some level of accountability from coaches on both sides to stand up and immediately say, no, no, whatever whatever that was, it is not what this university represents. Because we ask the players to, everywhere they go, and everything they do, and everything they say, we ask them to represent the university that they wear. And that's something that coaches preach all the time to college kids. How can we not hold coaches to the same standard, especially if you're the highest paid educator at a school? And that's what a coach is. Like, you are the highest paid educator. Mike Leach makes $5 million dollars. I mean, that's that's real. That's real money to create something that's bigger and better. And he sits in living rooms and says, I'm going to raise a young man that you can be proud of, man. That's an epic fail. Everybody that was involved in that fight was an epic fail, and it's an epic fail for Mike Leach to not have a higher level accountability. As you can see, I'm fired up about it. Some straight talk. Straight talk wireless, no contracts, no compromise. We're just getting started on the college football talk. Obviously, a lot of NFL action this weekend, but coming up, we're going to have a representative from each of the conferences in today's college football semifinal games who will come out on top. We will figure that out by getting a little expertise from a lot of different people after this word from O'Reilly. A weak battery could leave you stranded, so don't take a chance. O'Reilly's Auto Parts will test your battery free of charge. I like that. Anything free. I'm value-oriented. If your battery needs to be replaced, their professional parts people can help you find the exact battery that fits your car or truck at a guaranteed low price. Make sure your vehicle is prepared for the weather ahead by getting your battery tested for free. And O'Reilly Auto Parts will test a whole roundtable on the college football playoff next.
0: Second down, fields. It's intercepted. One,
2: one, six. And the Tigers are not going to be dethroned tonight. Looking back on it, it was really just heartbreak. Don't want to feel like that again.
0: We had a heck of a game with them last year. and doubt it will be anything different. Spins and
3: gets to the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Every game for us is a statement. We deserve to be in the playoff. Clemson's Buckeyes are flexing.
4: Yes. Yeah. That'll be a quick study for us. There's only
2: six games, so. What was your first reaction when you saw the matchup? This could be one of the greatest stories in the history of college football.
1: Oh, it gives me all the feels. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on your smart speaker, presented by Progressive Insurance. However, obviously not Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin with you right now on New Year's Day. Mark Hertzlick, I'm Jason Fitz. We're going to be with you for the next several hours, and uh, in addition to getting ready for a huge weekend in the NFL, we've got a lot of uh, we've got a lot of college football playoff action to get ready for. So uh, we're going to use the Goodyear Hotline to get some guest power here because let's let's be real, Mark. Some might say. You know, obviously you played college ball uh, with BC. You work with the ACC Network. Some might say that our conversations could have a leaning. I'm not. but some. You're a lot bigger than I am, so I wouldn't accuse you of that. But some would say, so I thought what we could do is maybe broaden this out and have a bit of a roundtable discussion. And in order to do that, we'll add two of our favorites, Peter Burns from the SEC Network and Ben Hartsock, former Ohio State uh, tight end, joins us. They all join us on the Goodyear Hotline. So, gentlemen, thank you all for a very early uh, New Year's morning on an incredible Day for college football. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us, and we'll get straight to uh, some of the fun here. And we'll start with with Bernsie, all right? Because uh, Peter, uh, I, we were talking. Obviously, with- you
3: go with the best conference first. Oh, I get yeah, we don't lean here, but wow. you wanted to go for best. So conference he did. First. He did. I That's why he mentioned it, me first. That's why he mentioned
2: me first in the <laughs> ACC. I appreciate. Yeah, so you're right. You're right. You're right. Is it, you go. is it too early
1: to drink? I'm asking for a friend. Okay, <laughs> so P- Peter, give me some because I'm trying to figure out if this is really Alabama and everybody else, or if you believe that all four teams right now coming into this have a shot at the national, a realistic shot at the national championship?
3: I think three teams and and, and, and I don't mean that as a joke to Golick Jr. or Notre Dame or Brian Kelly or the, the program as a, as a whole. It's just that when I look at the style of football that I, could, I think that Alabama have seen play. I definitely saw it Mark in, in what Clemson can play when they're at full strength yeah. and I think the potential of what Ohio State can bring that we saw at least in the second half of, of of Northwestern but we haven't had seen the whole season or a lot of those games I think there is a different gear than Notre Dame has at this point but truly I do think it's a conversation between our two conferences right now in, in Clemson and Alabama and it looks like they're just that's just a different level of football that's being played that's not to anybody's fault that's just more to the credit of Dabo and, and Nick and what they've built
1: all right, so then, Ben, uh, let's, let's look at the Ohio State portion of this because we already hear Ryan Day talking about the fact that, hey, it's hard to play football when you've got to take 10 days off in between games. Uh, give, me, give me some real scope on how like what version of this Ohio State team we're seeing right now is.
4: Well, the biggest issue that Ryan Day has had to address, in my opinion, if I was sitting in that coach's office saying, okay, what do we have to get right going into this matchup versus Clemson, it is – your quarterback, and it's just fascinating that I'm saying that after we were talking about Justin Fields at one point during the season, before the season, is he going to surpass or supplant Trevor Lawrence as the number one overall pick in next year's draft? That's how high we were on him. but The reality is the two biggest games of the season for Ohio State, Justin Fields blinked. And that's the Indiana matchup and that was the the Northwestern game. And the Northwestern game you take the quarterback it's like I heard somebody say this about Fields. It's almost like in the biggest moments there's that little there's that little angel on on Justin Fields' shoulder that says, Heisman.
0: Nice. <laughs>
4: Everybody hates
3: that <laughs> annoying person. I was that your I was that annoying person to you Hard Sock, when you co ho- hosted with me back in the day. Yeah,
4: I, right. And you know, it's it's hard to get that out of your head. And so we've seen now uh we've seen Justin Fields in those moments they get a little big for him. And then also Ryan Day as a play caller, you've got uh an Ohio, an Ohio State team that didn't look Uh, in sync that didn't have the play selection that matched up with your quarterback. So you've got to straighten that out because now you've got the biggest moment. It's almost kind of like Kyle Trask. How hard was it to watch Kyle Trask in his bowl Hmm. game? You almost could see him realizing the millions of dollars that he was losing in draft picks as he was throwing those interceptions. I think Justin Fields senses that that's happened to him in his his games, and so I don't. it's going to be so difficult to keep him from trying to not fix every wrong that he's made this season in this matchup versus Clemson.
1: Uh, by the way, you're listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Uh, Jason Fitz, Mark hertzlick are in for the guys, but we're roundtable now with Peter Burns and Ben Hartsock, so we're getting you caught up in everything that you need to know for the college football playoffs. So, Mark... This is a complicated question but but follow me for a second. Who's the best player? Let me get let me get ready. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, you, you former football players. Uh, <laughs> uh again, I say these things cuz he's not in the room. Uh so who's the best player in the college football playoff right now? We were just talking about fields, but who's the best player out of all of four of these teams?
2: Uh best player in football right now is Trevor Lawrence. Okay. I mean, he, so that's my answer and I, there's a lot of reasons why, but a lot of people know that reasons. So You have a follow-up
1: question? Yeah, so my follow-up is (laughs) the second, third, and fourth best players, are they all on Alabama?
2: Second, third, and fourth best players all on Alabama? I would say uh, no because I think Travis Etienne is probably – I think he's better than Najee Harris, but um, they're right neck and neck. I just think that Travis Etienne can do a little bit more. Um, But Alabama definitely has the next – well, I'd say probably two and four. And I think Travis Etienne would probably be three. And and the reason
1: I ask these things is because I'm good at stirring the pot, as the kids like to say. So, Peter Burns, would you like to respond?
3: Well, the only reason why I I was going to respond, and Najee, because you're right, and Travis Etienne is incredible, and I hate being this nice, especially because it's my New Year's resolution (laughs) to all my friends here. No, you're not. Isn't it nicer to 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 everybody else? Well, listen, Mark Mark has a mohawk, you don't, hard talk. I'm not scared of you. Um, But. With that being said, I do think remember a couple years ago that OJ Howard, tight end for Alabama, would come out of nowhere, right, and all of a sudden he would catch what you know eleven catches, two hundred some odd yards, and and be incredible. I feel like that's part of the game plan that we're going to see. Maybe not so much against Notre Dame, but if if they do happen to play in a championship game, um, they do they do break it out more. Is Najee Harris catching the ball out of the backfield. I feel like that is the one one tool that we have not seen a lot from Sark that we saw in the SEC championship game. People are like, where the hell has that been all season long? And so I think that's one of the the keys to today's game against Notre Dame and possibly a championship game is Najee trying to do what Travis Etienne does extremely well, which is kill you on both sides, both rushing in and with his hands.
1: But if we're having this great debate about who the, great, who the best players are in the playoff and we're talking about – all these players are from essentially two teams. I mean, Ben, isn't it fair to say that that's part of why, at least in the eyes of many, that Ohio State's just at a, at a different they're, – they're a step behind those two teams when it comes to this playoff process?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the Ohio State is the odd man out in this scenario because of the uh, circumstances surrounding their season. And and listen – I. I don't want to believe that, but the reality is I do. Like if I'm if I'm on that roster, if I'm on any roster, I want to be on the team that's battle tested. I don't. As, when it comes down to whether I would be on a team that is rested and and healthier versus battle tested and maybe a little nicked up, I'd rather be battle tested, playing together, playing my best football going into to the matchup. And Ohio State, having played the six games, uh, you know. I'm that's that's uh, it's something you can't explain away but, but again Ryan Day's you're going to have to stand in front of his uh, his team deal with the hand that he's been dealt and play that card to say guys you know what we're healthy we're right we've got everybody you know as fast as possible we've got half of the hits that everybody else has taken so that's the hand that you've been dealt and you've got to play that card
3: real quick does it feel does it feel like every single game for the buckeyes feels like their first game of the season because I, I, and in it feels like there's a sputtering, like, hey, is this is this is the opener? Because they haven't played what back to back weeks all season long. If I'm not mistaken,
4: uh, there was a break. No, they played the first couple of weeks, and then they're, then they started getting cancellations after that. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, they played their first three consecutive, and then it was every other week after that. So. Uh, it, it's it honestly. It's felt weird. I don't know if you if you guys broadcasting it felt the same way. I mean, talking about it throughout the season, it it has just been surreal and odd the way the whole thing played out. So I I don't know that on and off on and off necessarily discombobulates anymore. Honestly, once you get to the end of a regular season, the bowl break, and I know this hasn't been a normal bowl break, but anytime you have that natural end-of-season conference championship experience, there is a mental and emotional shift. There's a release of, okay, we just ran our season. We've got the goal that now we've gone to the bowl game that we want to play in. Uh, and so there's a natural disconnect from what happened to what's coming. So I don't look at that as any kind of disadvantage or, or advantage for one team versus another. You're
1: listening to Keyshawn Jay Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Jason Fitz, Mark Hertzlick in for the guys and we're joined right now by Peter Burns from the SEC Network and Ben Hartsock, former Ohio State tight end, all on the Goodyear hotline as we sort of break down what to expect in roundtable form from today's college football playoff. So gentlemen, uh, well, let's just go across the board quickly. Does anybody believe that Notre Dame will win this game uh, against Alabama
2: that'd be that'd be a no for me I, I don't think so I, I <laughs> well, you, don't I just, you're the
4: representative from the I ACC so kind of kind
3: of I just kinda. right like they yeah, doing like an Airbnb in the yeah. ACC they're just like it's a short-term rental guys we're just here we're gonna we, we don't really care oh. about the deposit um we'll, and we'll just be back right yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll just clean
2: up the coach of the year awards and yes. uh we'll take those and then we'll just go on our way and
1: okay so since we all agree on the airbnb line is going to have me shook all day that's i'm stealing that for the rest of the day okay so since we all seem to agree on that then let's start mark uh, on the other one i mean what in your mind what does ohio state have to do if anything to actually beat this clemson team
2: well they got to play really good defense they got to force some turnovers uh we, we saw the model for beating clemson uh that when notre dame played them the first time they played Really a perfect game defensively. They were in the right gaps every single time. Uh, motions didn't bother them, didn't affect them. Um, but the one thing that that game didn't have was Trevor Lawrence, obviously, but also the read zone game. So uh, Trevor Lawrence with his legs were the the key factor to that second game and Clemson pulling out so far ahead. So, uh, sorry, Ohio State, rather, absolutely has to stop that zone read run game let Trevor Lawrence sit back there and throw the ball, which sounds dangerous, but that's probably their best chance to win.
1: Ben, can they do that? And if they do, can they win?
4: Yeah, well, Ohio State, the sense I get out of that squad is they are stung. The way things went last season, everybody throughout even the regular season, they have felt this stinging that is, hasn't gone away since last matchup, and it comes down to there were some controversial calls, and Ohio State felt like they gave it away. And so I look at this game, and I say that Ohio State has the team that has an ax to grind. Now, passion, though, doesn't win you a game. Passion doesn't win, run a 4 four forty. So I could look at it, and I say the difference in this game – comes down to execution in critical situations. Tom Allen, the head coach at Indiana, said that earlier this year, and it stuck with me so clearly. I just watched Iowa State uh, get to their Big 12 championship. I called that game, and Iowa State, as good as they are, they weren't ready to play in the big-time game. Both of these teams in Clemson and Ohio State are championship-level teams. The moment's not going to get be too big for them, but both teams have examples where their quarterbacks have blinked. Trevor Lawrence in the national championship last year – he heard that Heisman talk. He heard number one over draft all that little angel on his on his uh, shoulder. What, what team
3: beat What team beat him last year? Uh, I don't ben Hartman. Uh, oh, it was LSU Tigers. I just want to make all, sure. All, uh, oh, the, the one road that's road. on the self-imposed bowl ban this year is that? Uh, I think the, my Children, just, children I think my we will
1: play nicely. It is early <laughs> on twenty twenty one. It's too early. Uh, uh, okay, so Peter, let me let me ask you then a follow up to all of this. On Monday morning, after yeah. we've seen the results from this weekend, and after we've seen all of the results from this weekend. Are people screaming that Texas A&M should have been in the playoff instead of Ohio State and Notre Dame?
3: Um. Yes, only for the fact that they're saying, "Why are we looking at the same Alabama and Clemson matchup that we always seem to get, like this Ward Gotti type fights, which have been fantastic in the past?" Um. But so not so much as oh, A and M deserved or should have been in because there would have been a different thing. I think A and M and Notre Dame are basically the same exact team, just just in different uniforms and different conferences, right? they both play a similar style of football, and and it's not as explosive. It works in twenty ten doesn't win championships in 2020. So I do think we'll talk about it more on the fact of, well, if we're just going to see Alabama and Clemson again. Let's get the Cincinnati's. Let's get the Oklahoma's. Let's get the coastal Carolinas involved a little bit more from that aspect.
1: All right. So, gentlemen, before we let everybody go, and again, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us this early in the morning to start the new year out. I don't know if any of you have a Heisman vote, and if you do and you're uncomfortable answering, just tell us. But in the meantime, after what we've seen so far, uh, we'll start with Burns. You, you got a Heisman. Who would be your Heisman pick today?
3: They absolutely do not trust me with a Heisman vote, really? and I don't want one. Yeah. I'm I mean, not professional enough. I didn't um, want to
1: tell you that, but that, now that you've opened the case. Listen, camp. I'm self-aware. <laughs> um,
3: new, hey, It's new, year, new Year's, new me. That's what it is. <laughs> Uh, I will say this: I, I think Trevor Lawrence was very close to should be able to win this thing, but it ends up being Devonta Smith in my mind. So I think Devonta reading the tea leaves. I think the punt return uh, the week that Mac Mac Jones struggled a little bit um, is is going
4: to be the difference maker for Devonta winning him.
1: All right, Ben Hartsock, who you got in the Heisman? Uh,
4: I still think it's a quarterback driven award, and Trevor Lawrence is the last guy standing. It's it's as simple as that. He has the the largest body of work. Uh, he, his his last memory, uh, the last chance that the committee got to see him looked good. Trask uh, imploded. Uh, Justin Fields didn't do as well. So uh, I just look at that and say that it's uh, it's it's Trevor Lawrence.
1: Mark Hertzlik, do you agree?
2: I, I think it's going to end up being Trevor Lawrence as well, although I think Mac Jones probably had a better overall season just in terms of his completion percentage. I mean, ridiculous. 76.5% completion percentage. 32 touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, those are ridiculous numbers. Probably one of the some of the best numbers ever in college football. But I think it's the the and this goes into it. Maybe it shouldn't. I don't. I don't know. You tell me. But it's the culmination of work by Trevor Lawrence, and it's the all the years that he's done it. It's the how much he meant to. This team coming the back Susan and then Lucci? beating Notre Dame. There it
1: is. Yeah, <laughs> they, both it. Had,
3: they both had great hair. I will say that. So <laughs> exactly.
1: Look, I'm certain. If Burnsy isn't professional enough. I'm not professional enough to tell you anything. Uh, okay, uh, real quick, I realized I missed this. We all we all uh, gave our pick of Alabama, uh, but let's look at the other game. Ben Hartsock. Uh, we'll do this like a band, like when when you finish the show, we'll just let each of you go one at a time, like your round of applause. So we'll start with Ben Hartsock before you get out of here, Ben. Who you got in the Ohio? State Clemson game Uh, I'm going with my
4: Buckeyes I get that they're seven point dogs that's a big spread I look at this team they've got an axe to grind they've got to play clean they've got to play right but they listen Ohio State isn't dealing with a they're not Rudy, right? They're they're not Rudy. They, they've got ballers. They've got skill guys. Both of these teams are going to land punches. Who's going to handle the big moment? I think the Buckeyes win it by a, a touchdown.
1: Ben, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, yeah, and, thank, and now, Peter Burns. Next up, your pick on the Clemson, uh, Clemson-Ohio State game
3: it ends up being 41 27 and it ends up being more of a, a a conversation that it ends up being obviously the clemson tigers and that the college football playoff committee is going to have a real big bad look on their eyes going you know what this is a team that is talented but we put them in on brand not necessarily that they deserved to win this game or deserve to even be in this game because at six games they didn't they'll they'll lose by two touchdowns and that'll probably be the same amount that alabama win by today
1: as always my friend we appreciate you hanging out with us happy new year thank you. Happy New Year, boys! Those uh, those guys joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. You'll have to wait for Mark and I to make our picks. This is a long show, right? We're gonna hold the we're gonna hold suspense around here. Uh, but that was a little bit of a taste of what to expect today. Don't forget the College Football Playoff is on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, Mark Hertzlick, and Jason Fitz in for the guys. Uh, the show is brought to you by Straight Talk. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile, prote- mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com. Limitations and exclusions apply. So uh, now that we've given you a little taste of that, let's uh, have a little fun and go from A to Z. From A to Z, brought to you by Redbox. Redbox has new movies at the box and streaming on demand. Don't miss Honest Thief, starring Liam Neeson and Kate Walsh. Visit RedBox.com for all the ways to watch. First up on A to Z, Sam Darnold wants to stay with the Jets despite his worst statistical season. Darnold said he hopes to remain with the Jets and believes he can develop into a franchise quarterback. This is what he had to say at his press conference.
3: I absolutely believe my best days are ahead, and um, you know I'm just going to continue to work and, and put, like I said, put that work into to be able to get better and, and improve every single year. I'm a Jet now, so. You know, I know we all like to think of hypotheticals and what-ifs, but I'm a Jet right now, and I love being here. Um, I love the guys in the locker room, and I love going to work every single day here.
1: He's not going to love the next several months of speculation as we figure out what the Jets are going to do with the second overall pick, which is something we will break down later in the show. But next up, sticking with A to Z in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns have had to close their facility again with three positive COVID tests. But there is some positive news. First, star quarterback Denzel Ward, tight end Harrison Bryant, and linebacker Malcolm Smith were the three players who tested positive, according to ESPN and multiple reports. Bryant was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list Tuesday. Smith and Ward were added to it Thursday. The Browns kept the facility closed Thursday afternoon. After contact tracing protocols did not practice. The good news is their wide receivers have been cleared to practice. This is what Kevin Stefanski, the Browns' head coach, had to say at his press conference. I'm just really dealing with it day to day, hour by hour, uh, in terms of of what we have going on. Uh, so we're in constant communication uh, with the league, uh, with you know our medical staff, and and finding out what we can do. Uh, coaches, we've been burning the cell phones up a lot of a lot of phone calls and a lot of Zoom calls, so we're getting our work done, and then we're just going to really lean heavily on the medical professionals and and follow their guidelines, and that's what we've done to date. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, Mark Hertzlick and Jason Fitz in for the guys, so I mean, this is just part of the reality of 2020, Mark, but the Browns are now in a, a must-win situation to get themselves into the playoffs and they're shorthanded doing it. So how much pressure in your mind is on the Browns this weekend, given everything going on, but also the fact that the the season seems to be hanging in the balance?
2: Yeah, well, not only is it hanging in the balance, but it's still hanging in the balance. I mean, I think that's the biggest pressure that the Browns have put themselves in, the fact that, look, we need to go in and win this last game when they had a perfect opportunity last week against the low-lead Jets to do that. If they won that game, they'd be in, and now they're putting the pressure on the last week of the season – to have to go out and beat a 10-plus win Steelers team. Now, you know, it's been announced that Big Ben will not be playing in that game, which is going to be helpful. But still, I mean, it's a lot of pressure, and it's going to be a lot on – their quarterback, Baker Mayfield's shoulders, and he's going to have a lot to prove and a lot of questions to answer if this win is not successful.
1: Look, everybody's going to talk about the fact that the the Browns were shorthanded last week, and that's part of why they lost. I get it, but every single NFL fan base has had this fear, and many, most, I would say, have had to deal with it at some point. Everybody knows I'm a Raiders fan. There have been games this year where I wasn't sure if my beloved Raiders were even going to have an offensive line. So (laughs) uh, we have to understand that this is just part of the reality, and Browns fans can look at all day, look at COVID, Mm-hmm. But they're going to look back at this schedule, and they're going to look back at missed opportunities that they had throughout the course of the season, and there's going to be some real questions to answer if they can't find a way to beat the Steelers team. It's going to be epic. Coming up, is it finally time to expand the college football playoff? We'll answer it next.
3: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.